okay, that'll make me cry. <laughs> I have to tell you, I think this is a day Nathan's been waiting for because he finally has the power to shut his mom up. <laughs> I'll call you out on it before you mute me. How <laughs> oh, I am so excited to be here. Like, like, take a deep breath and just breathe. On a day that is set aside to honor moms and those who have nurtured and encouraged us, I get the privilege of speaking at a church that has been like a mom to me. I start crying. <laughs> Zach, or where's Zach? <laughs> no, anyway, never mind. For those of you who don't know me, uh, Sunrise Assembly played a big part in launching me into my current adventure. And I just want to say a public thank you. It's really kind of cool that God would line it up that I get to be here on Mother's Day and say thank you to you guys. Thank you for being a place that has given me a foundation to do what I do today. So many relationships here have provided the encouragement that I have needed and desired, and I am so thankful. And I actually wrote notes so that I stay on track because those of you guys that know me, Derek Hamakhausen, I'm looking at you. Do you see this? I have notes and I'm going to try to stay on track, okay? Just for the record. <laughs> Pay attention. Okay, you know, okay. <laughs> I'm excited to be here too because you know, I'm excited that you're here. Do you know why? Because when you come together, when two or three come together, God shows up. Do you believe God is in the house this morning? Yeah. Do you believe that God wants to encourage you today? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He wants to give you good things today. He wants to give you good stuff. Second Chronicles 16, 9. I'm going to grab a tissue just a second. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says that the Lord keeps in close watch over the whole earth to give strength and encouragement to those whose hearts are turned towards him. So that said, can we take a moment just to turn our hearts towards him one more time? Father, I thank you that you have given us today. Thank you that today we get to honor those who have loved and nurtured us along life's journey. Thank you for your infinite love, care, and concern for our well-being, even when we don't understand your ways. I pray that my words would be your words today, and I pray that you would use me to encourage and inspire your people to move forward with the things that you have placed on their heart. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. So today we honor those who brought us into the world, but I also believe that this is a day where God would have us stop and say, why did I bring you into this world? What is your purpose? Because you, my friend, were created on purpose, for a purpose. You are not a random collection of DNA. Do you believe that? Yeah. No matter who you are, you were created to be a child of God. Thank you, Ryan, for leading us in that song. That was perfect. You are made in his image, and you are made to be like him. You were created to leave a mark on this earth. You were created to make a difference. You, my friend, were created for impact. Now, I know a lot of us have heard messages like this before, but it is my prayer that you will hear this today with new ears and that you will be able to walk out with this, of the sanctuary with your step a little higher, your head a little higher, 
I lost my place in my notes. <laughs> and your spirit with renewed confidence to live out your purpose in each and every season of your life. It is my desire that you hear this message as a permission slip. How many of you needed permission slips in school? Yep. This is your permission slip from heaven to step into and become all that you were created to be. A number of years ago, the Gallup organization conducted a poll in which they wanted to know if people could ask God one question, what would it be? The question was, why am I here? People everywhere want to know their purpose. It permeates every culture, philosophy, religion, even Christianity. It seems like it's in our DNA to cry it out for an answer. Throughout history, his theologians and philosophers have wrestled with the same question, and yet it seems that the hardest things to find are hidden in plain sight because we know that it's in where? The book, and it's in the first chapter of the first book, right? Genesis chapter 1. I think, though, that it's too often that we just gloss over it and we don't take the time to use our imagination or to really stop and think about what that really looks like. In my private life lately, the Lord's been challenging me to go back and reread scripture stories, the classic Bible stories, and to suspend all my preset judgments and biases and all my head knowledge and just read it again and afresh. You know, we talked about being made new this morning, and I think it's not just being made new that first time at salvation, but it's that continual renewal, right? That continual washing. And it was like he was challenging me to come back and reread it afresh. And as I've been doing that, I've been amazed. And stories that I thought I knew, I'm seeing new revelation. Genesis chapter 1 is no exception. So if you'll indulge me, I'm going to read just a real quick paraphrase. And I just want you to listen freshly to this. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, Darkness was hovering, excuse me, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be a vault to separate the waters. And it was so. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation. And, echo with me, it was so. And God said, let there be lights in the vaults of the sky to separate the day from the night. And it was so. God said, let the water teem with living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth. And it was so. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the birds and the livestock and the animals. And so he created them. Male in his image, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, like I said, how many times have you read that? One, two, five, a lot of times, right? And I suspect like you, you like me, have had multiple sermons on how we were made in God's image. But like I said, this week as I read it, I saw something I had never seen before. Kind of just like God, right? He kind of like, just when you think you know him, he kind of flips the page and says, huh, by the way, I'm going to show you something new. 
Scholars talk about that law of first mention. That when we first see something or first hear something or it's mentioned for the first time in a book, that it's like highlighted. It's like pay attention to this. Now what I saw this week is that the very first words of the very first book of the very first chapter, do you see all of it? First, 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 first. There's no, there's no like blinking and looking the other way here. Is God doing something? Is God taking actions? In the beginning, God created. Now, I grew up in a denomination where I was criticized for always doing works and being works and doing works and doing works. And so I've struggled with doing things because I've always got that nagging voice in the back of my head saying, well, you're just doing it because you're doing your works. And it was like all of a sudden he was like showing me, it was like just breaking off this thing of his first thing that he says about himself is that he does things. In the beginning, God created, period. Then he talks about what it looked like before he did it. And as I was musing on that this week, it was almost like I could imagine and see God looking at this dark and empty space and going, hmm, what can I do with this? I like to leave things better than I find them. What solution can I bring to this problem? And as he's hovering over it, I can almost imagine that he's conceiving a plan. I mean, in Proverbs 8, it talks about how the spirit of wisdom stands beside him as he architects the earth. He's conceiving, he's, he's mulling, he's musing, and then, boom, he takes action, he speaks. So, here's my question. If you are made in his image, when was the last time you spent time looking at the darkness, looking at a situation that looked dismal, and spend some time musing about what you could do about it. How could you bring light and life to that darkless place? When was the last time you took action on it? Because if we were made to look and act like God, wouldn't it stand to reason that we would want to do the same thing? That we would look at those dark and lifeless places and say, you know what, I'm connected to the author of creativity, and I think we can come up with something. It's actually the reason I launched my business. Is I started looking at the world and I said, Lord, I need to somehow take the prophetic to the marketplace. And it's been bumpy and it's been messy and it hasn't been pretty. But I'm learning. The funny thing is I'm learning that I was probably already doing it as a nurse. But it was that he had put something in my heart to go to the next level with it. I've been out of the boat. But it makes sense that you would do the same. So how do you do that, Chris? How do you make that tangible? How do you make that actionable? If you'd like to make a difference, is there some steps that you can give me to do that? If I could give you that, would you want that? Maybe. Do I have a response? No, they're looking at me going, no, no. <laughs> can I get an amen? Yeah, Chris, give me an answer. Give me some steps. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Then you're in the right place. I would love to help you do that because that's, I'm realizing I'm an activator. I love to come alongside. I have a friend who always says she comes alongside and pushes you off the cliff. I don't know that I want to push you off the cliff, but you know what? I want to help ignite you. I want to help get you started moving forward on that. And so since I know that you're made in God's image, I know that you sang this morning, I am a child of God. Did you sing it? Sure sounded like you were singing it. If you're a child of God, 
and you want to bring light and life to dark places, let's talk about how we can do that. Now for me, because I joke about it, I get distracted, I go after squirrels, I go after things, I need things to keep me focused. I've taken the word impact and made it an acronym, and so that's what I'm going to share with you this morning. So the first thing you need to do is first identify your inspiration. The I in impact stands for identify inspiration. What problem or issue do you see that's bringing your attention to another level? What thing is it that you see that's frustrating you? All of us get burrs under our saddle, like, okay, what the heck? Why, is this like, why are they doing that? Why are they doing this? I mean, that's how McDonald's was founded. Is it was like, he's like, there's got to be a faster way. There's got to be a better way to get these hamburgers out. You know what? The sewing machine was this guy, Taylor, who figured out, you know, God, how do I do this? How do I make this faster, easier, more efficient? And God gave him a dream, showed him a sewing machine. I mean, history records, there's a book called The Butterfly Effect that talks about all these different witty inventions that God has partnered with people to do. But it was because of a problem or an issue that they saw that they wanted to fix or bring up a level. So what is that for you? What is your I, your inspiration? And then I'm going to challenge you to write it down. It's important that we write it down because there's something about that connects in our brain when we take the time to write it down. Research over and over says that the things we write down, we actually follow through and do. Kind of crazy. Habakkuk 2 actually even talks about that. It says, write down the vision and make it plain so that the herald may run with it. It helps you understand where you're going. I was for inspiration. M is for your mindset. Master your mindset. It's a lot of stuff happening between your two ears, people. Sometimes, you know, we wonder if it's just static. We don't know what's really going on up there. But it's critical that we identify our limiting beliefs and replace them with the truth of God's word. For example, is your limiting belief that you don't have what it takes to do what you can, what's in front of you? Do you look at yourself and go, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, when I felt like God was calling me to start a business, I was like, uh, no, I'm a nurse. I'm a mom. Business? What? And yet he's been faithful to help me and provide the people around me to help me build that. 1 Peter 1.3 By his divine power, God has given us everything we need. We have received all of this by coming to know him. See, there's the key, really, is take the time to find it in the heart of God. Get to know him and what he's given you. And as, as you, Mike Bickle from the House of Prayer says, it's the becoming and beholding principle, that when we look at something in the heart of God that we need, that we're able to draw it in. And he gives it to us. But your mind is a battlefield. Have you noticed that? How many of you have these scattered thoughts? I mean, you have crazy thoughts go through your head, and you're like, where the heck did that come from? And all of a sudden, you know, it's like learning to filter out, okay, God, is this your voice or is that the enemy's voice? And paying attention, if it's negative or positive, is it encouraging? Use the word of God as your sword and your shield. And remember, Philippians 4.13 says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I was for inspiration. M was for mindset. P, pursue personal and professional development. To really make a difference in the world, we need to get to know how to work with other people. 
Have you noticed that life is about connecting with other people even if you don't want to connect with other people? Or learning how to work with people? You know, we were at a wedding yesterday and I thought you know, they were joking and teasing the bride and groom about, you know, now's when the real work starts. But it, it's, you know, we get married and we start something new with stars in our eyes, but that there comes a point when it's work. And so, you know, take the time to pursue some personal and professional development. There's a lot of resources out there. Get to know the talents and the things that God has put in you. Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. If Jesus had to grow in favor and he had to grow in knowledge and wisdom, don't you think we have to as well? Yeah. Don't hesitate to take opportunities at work that promote your growth. I really believe those are God-given opportunities. Those are things he's given you to help you go to the next level. Leo Biscali, and I don't know if I'm saying that right, says, your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to him. Take the time to pursue development. So with me, I was for inspiration. M was for mindset. P was for personal development. A is all about action. Do something. Take action. You don't have to know the full path yet. You don't have to have everything. But maybe your first step is like, okay, I need to connect with somebody that has a like-minded concern. Maybe it's listening to some podcasts. Maybe it's putting together some kind of an action plan. You know what? Maybe if I start by doing this, this, and this, it'll make a difference in that area. You don't have to have it all together before you start. It's so much easier to steer a moving vehicle. But do something. Even if it's take the time to seek the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, I need to know. What can I do about this? He tells us that if we ask for wisdom, he will give it. That is your mustard seed of faith. That is that beginning. You know what? Peter's like, if that's you on the water, then tell me to come. Now notice, Jesus never actually acknowledges that it's him. That's kind of the crazy thing to me. He doesn't really say, oh yeah, Peter, by the way, it's me, and why don't you come? No, he just says, come. James chapter 2, throughout the whole chapter, repeatedly goes through and talks about that our actions prove our faith. Actions prove that we trust God. It's like up until we do something, it's all in our head, right? But that if we're really showing that we believe him, we take action. Actually, even if we look at the miracles that Jesus did, there was always an action involved. He would give the directive and they had to do something. It's kind of funny because when somebody pointed that out to me, all of a sudden I started looking at scripture in a different light. He talks to the man at the pool of Bethesda and he says, do you want to get well? Well, yeah, but nobody ever helps me. Nobody ever, and you can hear the man go, excuses, excuses, excuses. And Jesus says, do you want to get well? Pick up your mat and go home. He doesn't, he lets him speak his excuses, but ultimately he says, do something. Pick up your mat. Quit your whining, quit your complaining. If you really want something, do it. And that just, that kind of captures me. I don't know about you, but that just like, that there's an action involved. The man at the pool, or excuse me, the man that was blind. Jesus puts mud on his eyes, but he tells him what? Go to the pool of Siloam. 
He doesn't get healed until he gets there. I mean, there was an action. God calls us to be people of action. If he took time to make the first verse about his action, you guys, this is just like mind-blowing to me. It's like he is a God of action, but he's calling us to look like that. So many times, though, we hesitate because we're fearful that we haven't really heard God's voice. Did God really say? Now, I don't know about you, but I've realized that that's the oldest trick in the book. Go back all the way to Genesis, and he says to Adam and Eve, did God really say? Did he really say that? No. Take the time to get confident in hearing God's voice. Speaking of that, I think you're going to mention it later, May 19th, we're going to do a class next Sunday. We're going to do a class in the afternoon. And trying to find a time for this was crazy, was it not, Pastor Mark? (laughs) The month of May is crazy. I totally get that. I understand that. It's graduation and it's prom and it's recitals and everything. But next Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4, we're going to do a class um, just talking about hearing God's voice and practicing it. And it is so fun to me to watch people start to recognize they're hearing God's voice because it's like you can come into the room and be kind of like nervous. And by the time an hour goes by, it's like, oh my gosh. And it just releases a spirit of life for people. So come join us next Sunday for that. But recognize that the oldest trick in the book is that the enemy is going to come against you and say, did God really say that? And try to create doubt. But just remember 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He doesn't want you in fear backing up. Trust that he's big enough. Here's the thing that he's had to do for me, is trust that he's big enough that I can start taking steps forward and trust that he's big enough to steer me when I get out there. I mean, if your GPS can correct you, I think God's bigger than your GPS. What do you think? All right. Okay. So, if somebody looked at your life, would they say your faith is alive or dead? Just a challenge for you to think about. I was for inspiration. P, or excuse me, M was for mindset. P was for personal development. A was for action. C is all about collaboration and being part of a community and being part of a body. Genesis chapter 1, people, was a team effort. Do you realize that? It was not the father acting alone. It was a team effort. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit partnering together to bring light to a dark place. So who is it that you can partner with? Who is it that you can come alongside? You appreciate their vision. You don't have to be the one to start the vision. Maybe you're the supporter. Maybe you're the person that comes along and helps make it happen. You know, we need a chief, but we also need a tribe. We need all of it. Who can you come alongside? One of the number one tools of the enemy is separation and isolation. Get you in a back corner, make you feel isolated, feel like nobody understands you, nobody has the same vision as you, and then he kills you. He shuts you down. Because then you're not going to take action anymore because you're paralyzed. You need to connect. Sunday mornings, great place to connect is here. This is a great body to connect with. Um, another place you can connect is I've launched a women's development group for women that want to join us and you want to kind of just be intentional about growing and developing. Saturday mornings, the first Saturday of the month down at the former Soderland building from 9 to 11. We do some time and we're building and developing this faith-based community for women um, just to help them come alongside women, support them, encourage them. And also, we're all about come, connect, grow, and then go. 
because we need to go. We can't stay in our little igloos, but it is important to come together and to build each other up and support each other. I saw a card in Target this week and I got it and it's sitting in my bathroom. It says, moms don't let mom alone. Moms don't let moms do mom alone. You can't do life alone. You can't. You're not meant to. You're meant to be in a community. You're meant to be in a body. Each person doing their part. I love the fact that Tim is taking the tech piece and that you're not. Because you know what? And that you're fine with that. Because it's like, do what you're good at and bring your part to the body, right? That's what we're called to do. The human body is that exactly. We all do our part and then the whole thing comes together. Okay. I was for inspiration. M was for P was for A was for C was collaboration. T is for tenacity. Try, try, and try again. Get back up. Get back up. Jake, where are you at? I don't know where you're at, but anyway. I hear you. There you are. (laughs) We were talking this morning. I said, I need to bring that story back up this morning. Because I know that a lot of us have been battle-weary. I don't know about you guys, but there's been a lot of stuff going on, right? How many of you can say things have been a little rough and a little tough lately? And it's like, the last thing I want to come in here and do is pour salt in your wounds, you know, and say, okay, you need to make impact, you need to do something, you need to go, you need to go. Okay. You do. You do need to get back up. But here's the thing. Your God loves you, enjoys you, and celebrates you, and he's rejoicing over you. And just to be able to look at his face, I mean, this morning during worship, it was just like I could just feel him say, Chris, I'm so proud of you. Chris, you've done a great job. And for the longest time, I couldn't hear that. Or if I heard it, I couldn't truly receive it. And I don't know about you, but have you truly received that? That you have the smile of God on your life? You have the smile of God on your life. He's so proud of you. And it's because he's proud of you that he wants you to get back up. And the story I was telling Jake this morning is, you know what, we get tired, it gets hard, but I'm reminded of the story of a mother giraffe. Kind of appropriate we'd talk about this on Mother's Day. When a mother giraffe gives birth, she doesn't lay down and make it a nice, comfortable thing for her baby. She gives birth and lets him drop. Hello, thank you for the nurturing, warm, fuzzy. I mean, I'm a nurse, been trained to make these babies comfortable and love them and tender. Totally appropriate. But this mama giraffe apparently didn't get the memo that she was supposed to lay down and be nice and comfy. And uh, I read this story years ago, and it's always kind of stuck with me. But he talked about watching this mother giraffe give birth and watching that mama nuzzle it and cuddle it and getting it to stand up and then watching as she kicked it over. Excuse me? What the heck? I thought you loved your babies. You know, what the heck? And he watched as this mother knocked it over and then started the process all over again and nuzzled her, got her nurtured, snuggled, get her back up. And guess what? She knocked her over again. It's like, oh my gosh. And this cycle repeats over and over until that calf can get back up. What if God says to you, yes, I know it's been tough. I know it's been rough. But on Mother's Day, we can think about part of the image of love is that encouragement to, okay, we acknowledge it's been tough. We know it's been hard. Okay, you love me. I'm getting back up. We need to get back up. And that it's not mean when we're coming alongside people to tell them to get back up. It's actually the best form of love we can give them because you know what? 
What's going to happen to that mama giraffe and that baby if that baby doesn't learn to get back up? They're going to be lunch. They're going to be lunch for some predator that's sitting there going, hmm, you know what? They don't know how to move with the herd. They need, that mama needs to be with the herd and that baby needs to be with the herd. And so you and I need to get back up and we need to stay connected to community and keep moving forward. We will fall down. Sorry to hate break it to you, but you will fall down. Anybody else ever fallen down? Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one because my knees are kind of, there's a reason I wear pants and not short dresses. Um, there's, you know, <laughs> it's messy, right? Life is messy. Get back up. Proverbs, excuse me, Psalms 37, 24. Though the righteous man falls, he will not be overwhelmed, for God is with him. We must see that God is our biggest cheerleader and that he's putting people around us to encourage us. And that is where I am so thankful for this body of people because there's so many of you in this room that have done me, done that for me over the years, including you, young lady from Texas. <laughs> Glad to see you. We must see that God is cheering us on and that that is what enables us to get back up. Hebrews eleven thirteen talks about all the people that pursued God all their life. They kept going after the thing. It's the hall of faith. They kept going after him, getting up and going after him, getting up and going after him. And yet they died without seeing the fullness of the promise that God had given them. And God calls them heroes. I'm looking at a bunch of heroes this morning. I know you guys are superheroes. Tyler, you had your cape on this morning. It looked really cute. It was pink and fuzzy, but it looked really cute. <laughs> was it Millie's blanket? I don't even remember. I think it was. You know, But it was just like, yeah, you know what? You guys are superheroes. Get back up. What's your super sauce? What's your secret sauce that God's put in you? That's back to that personal development thing. Get back up and go after it. Use it again. From the beginning of time, God said that we were created in his image. And we've said that we were created to be able to see a problem and partner with heaven to bring light and life to those dark situations. So once again, the I was for? Separation. M was for? P was for? A was for? C was for your? And T was for your? get back up, right? Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day that you find out why. Today we celebrate and say thank you to those who birthed us, but will today be the day that you find out why? Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for creating us for impact. We ask that you would open our eyes and our ears to see the needs in the world around us. Continue to encourage us as we seek you for creative solutions, for the confidence to take action, the people to partner with, and the encouragement from heaven and our friends to get back up and go again. We love you. We love you. We love you. Father, I just thank you. I just want to go further with that. God, I just thank you for the people in this room who desire you and they desire to be all that they can be. 
God, I thank you that you promise that you give us good plans for our life and that even when we feel like, man, you just knocked us over again, God, that we would look to you and we'd say, yeah, but I trust you. No matter what's going on in the world around me, I trust you. No matter what's going on in my marriage, I trust you. No matter what's going on with my children, I trust you. I trust you. Can you just say that with me? I trust you. And I'm going to step out and take a step this week. God, I want to be a person of faith and action. I want to be a person who steps out of the comfort zone, that when I see something coming at me on the water, I want to walk in a spirit of wisdom, but if you're calling and giving me an opportunity to walk on water, I want to believe you and I want to walk on water. And I want to know that if when I lose my focus and I start slipping, that you're going to pull me up. And I thank you for how you've done that for me and how you've done that for so many in this room. And I just hear the Lord say, Sunrise Assembly, I'm calling you to new places. I'm calling you up to new places. I placed you on a hill on purpose. I've placed you in the heart of your city on purpose. I've placed you in your jobs on purpose. And even as some of you have been going through transitions and you've gone through setbacks and you've been things that you've not quite, you're not quite sure what I'm doing, that I have been in it all. And I have been refining you and I have been bringing you to a new place. Sunrise Assembly, your brightest days are just ahead. Sunrise Assembly, you've gone through some tough stuff, but this is the day and this is the hour when you rise up and you brush off the brokenness of the past and you say, okay, God, I'm back. You've been speaking to me, Lord, about New Zeal. You keep bringing New Zealand up in my path and I'm like, what? And you said, it's because I'm bringing New Zeal to my people. So I declare over this people that you are releasing a new zeal and a new fire in this house. And I thank you that we will follow you. That we will be a people of resilience. We will be a people of tenacity. And we'll say, okay, what did we learn? What did we learn? What do we take from this? And where do we go forward? <laughs> I have this image yesterday at the wedding. You know, at the end of a wedding, they say, you know, introducing for the first time the couple. And I feel like the same image where I feel like the Lord's like opening the doors in front of you guys and he's going, welcome to the new season. You've been pressing, you've been contending. Welcome to the new season. It's here. Can we say thank you, Lord? Amen. Pastor Mark, you wanted to take it from here. I'm going to ask you, mothers, if you would just come and just stand all across the front. Mothers, God has a plan for your life. He knew you before you were born. 
every day planned out before one existed. God knows the ins and the outs. He knows the issues you go through. Like that word, that picture that Molly saw. There are some of you that have gone through difficult times, that have gone through things that are really hard. I had a, a lady a couple years ago come and just talk to me. She said, Pastor, isn't that escape, though? If I'm trying to get away from the reality of what I'm dealing with, isn't that escape? I said, yeah, but what the escape is, is God has for us life. He wants to escape the death we see, the destruction around us, and escape into the reality of what he's called us to. Mothers, God has called you to new reality of motherhood. Not that the world's trying to dictate, not that you see played over and over again, whether it's movies, whether it's just the genre of the, uh, of the time we live in, but God is declaring to you, I've created you for such time as this, to love and to nurture only the way that I have placed in you. Mother, some of you are grieving because there are children you have that have stepped outside of what God has for them and has grieved you. But God is saying, I am not finished yet. Would you hear that? Some of you God is speaking to, and it's that that you need to be a part of next Sunday because you see, God has called us to hear his voice and we've made it difficult. Jesus said very simply, my sheep know me, they hear my voice. They will not follow another. You see, we're the ones that have made it difficult. It's time to step into that new season of Father. Thank you that I can hear your voice. We're going to be moving into a new series in June called People of the Word. You see, that's where it begins. And unless we have that foundation of the Word of God, we don't have that understanding of knowing if God is really speaking or not. There's a lot of confusing voices. It's time to hear the Word of God. It's time to hear His Word because He wants to make it specific to us, specific to you because God knows you. He understands you're going through. God knows is coming ahead tomorrow. And He's saying, daughter, I love you. I'm preparing you for a greater season than you've ever understood or never known before. The thing is, will you receive that? Will you choose to walk into that? with full acceptance saying, God, thank you that I can trust you. What an appropriate word today, amen? So would you do that? Would you just lift up your hands and say, Father, I just thank you. I receive that. Father, I thank you for each one of these mothers, God, that represent that that you've declared, God. That, Father, you gave them the opportunity and the privilege, the ability to give life God, may they understand that. That's unique. It's powerful. It can only come from you. No matter what the world does, it cannot recreate that. God, thank you for that. And I pray that you'd begin to help them understand in a greater way spiritually and mentally what that means. And Father, with that, God, that they would begin to move in that nurturing love that, Lord, you have given them. They would step out of the boundaries, God, the world has tried to place them in. They would step outside the boundaries, Father, of society's ideas. And God, they would understand what you have called them to. And so, Father, I just right now 
call your blessing upon them. Father, thank you that they'll begin to step into a new season of hearing your voice clearly. Not being confused, but Father, knowing what you are calling them to do. Specifically, Father, granting to them, God, Lord, access into that that you have declared for them, that that you spoke over them long ago. Thank you for that. And we just give you praise for that right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're restoring the hearts of the daughters to the mothers. Your word says that, and thank you is happening. And so we just say yes right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for that. Mothers, receive that right now. Thank you, Father. It's your word that you've declared, and we say yes to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, you would place within each one of these mothers a new desire, a new passion for your presence like never before. They would learn to begin to walk with that, Father, as they wake up every morning, God, a desire, Lord, to walk firmly, closely with you. God, stepping forth and declaring, God, what you are saying about their children, encouraging their husbands, encouraging those that come across their path, because, Father, you've given the prophetic voice to declare life, and we thank you for that. And so we give you praise for that. And we ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Mothers, you are blessed. He calls you to walk in his blessing. And uh, as you see, we have uh, over here and right here and over here, we have flowers just with some little candy to it. And so that's a gift. That flower is to help you remind you that God has planted you and you're going to flourish where he's planted you. God bless you. Let's stand together and just give him a hand. Amen. Bless him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.